got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Heller Radio. I'm Nora Rose. I am Sally. And I'm Kate. And we need to talk about Destiel, specifically in the Gamble era. So um, I'm going to start off with a, a zinger of a question here. Um, is this the worst Destiel era? Um, uh, I love that it's not an immediate <laughs> answer. That's not my favorite part. It's hey, not, what? though. I mean, can I answer that with a, with a pun? Yes, like, go for it. Gamble era, Destiel Wise is a gamble for me personally. <laughs> there is some good stuff in there. There is some bad stuff in there. Like, Yeah. Like, it has stuff like Born Again Identity, but then it's also like, no, it's about the brothers and like shoves Cass off to the side. So like, structurally literally kills him literally kills him or keeps him away with the war in heaven like just yep sidelines him but the stuff that we do get with him is great so it's like a mixed bag i agree (laughs) this this is so weird but like watching this i genuinely feel like for these two seasons there was like really like a thought out structure they were following like there was a like yeah. a plot they were developing and and that's something that has stunned me in a way because i didn't <laughs> remember it being like yeah. that and whenever we talk about supernatural it's always like it's all over the place but these like these choices that were made in these these two seasons felt like that they were like purposeful and they were planned and that was the goal so in a way, I'm not really mad at how they treated Cass because, like, it was leading up to one thing, you know? Like, it was all, like, it continued. It wasn't back and forth like it usually is. Yeah, I'm not yeah. mad at how they treated Cass. I'm mad at how they treated Misha. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm here with you. Yeah, like, six and seven... I really liked the first time watching them through because they had that structure. And then when you go and look at some of the later seasons, especially the very later seasons where they're like, what do we do? It's like so much more structured in comparison. Yeah. But that they were like towing Misha along on a rope of like, oh, we don't know how many episodes you're going to get. was just very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And then making him film when he's super duper sick. <laughs> also not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I think my favorite thing about this season, uh, these seasons uh, uh, are the monsters. Uh, the Leviathan. Yes. They are very cool. Yeah. I like them. I, my, my biggest problem with them, I, re- I really do like, like the monster design and everything like i mean chuck even in season 15 says something about them that i was just sort of like okay i hate you but you're right um let me see if i can find it what 
sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. There we are. Leviathans are cool. They're all teeth. Like they don't even have lips. They're just like teeth faced. <laughs> I, I hate you, Chuck, but <laughs> you are right there. You are correct. They are pretty cool. My biggest problem with Leviathans is the fact that they're basically unkillable. Yeah, uh, I I mean, in terms of supernatural, I I feel like that's exciting for me personally because everything else is like killable and it comes back. And I mean, this is like a yeah, but new thing. I don't know. How are you supposed to win if they're unkillable? Yeah, well, that and that they're unkillable, but that they cease to be a problem. Like, we never, yeah, we hardly <laughs> ever... <laughs> they just the only, disappear. <laughs> yeah, like, the only time we run into them is when they're in purgatory or when they come back to purgatory later. Mm-hmm. We, see, we see some of them that stayed behind or were actually killed somehow, but, like, on Earth, they just, like, go away. They never reform into another group. We never run into them again. Yeah, that that part is yeah. weird. Like they're so powerful yeah. and unkillable, but we never see them again. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah, that's weird. I guess I just like enjoyed like this simplicity because like in a lot, if you think about it, like in a lot of ways, the Leviathan are very much like uh, angels or demons because like what angels and demons do, they like use souls, right, as they mm-hmm. fuel. So the Leviathan, they basically do the same, but they use like bodies and flesh because they have to like consume something. And it's like very straightforward, you know, like they are, <laughs> they yeah. are here to like feast, have a good time, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. nothing too complicated. <laughs> no hard feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the also just the expansion of monsters that we get in six and seven. Like we joke about the dragons, but there were dragons and like places from other cultures. However, indelicately they were handled, but we got to like see more stuff. And like with Eve and stuff, we got to see her experimenting with monsters and like that kind of world building and world expansion is something that. I really enjoy from it. Yeah. I I find it interesting though that because season 7 did so poorly just like Nelson ratings and shit um that the Leviathans are pretty much the last time we get a new I mean we we get like one-offs here and there of new monsters but the leviathans are the last big new monster we get big bad oh that's true yeah it's lucifer then in the following like again and again and again and he never (laughs) goes away (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's true i guess the only other thing i would say would be the empty but that's more of like a cosmic force rather than a creature and of course werepires it's like a character (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah that's like the only other time that we see like something different than what we've been seeing in later seasons 
so what is the vibe of this era? Uh, I mentioned to you guys earlier that I uh, re-listened to the um, Kripke era episode that we did uh, to give me some ideas of what the hell we should talk about for this episode. Um, (laughs) And for the Kripke era, we said things like righteous violence, uh, animalistic, uh, teenager, um, early 2000s cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Most of those were yours, Kate, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of feelings about this. So, so what? What is the vibe of this era? I, it, I have a hard time pinning this down because I feel like season six and season seven are very different, despite the fact that they yeah. are also very similar. <laughs> the the vibe of them I think is very different at least yeah I'd say so um, I, I had a couple of things for it like talked about the world building but also Sarah has mentioned many times in her interviews about focusing it on the brothers, the brothers. And, that, and that's something that she I mean that's an overarching thing, of course, because it's a show about brothers, but that she says repeatedly in a lot of her interviews that she focuses so much on that to the sidelining of Cass. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I mean, that's interesting because, like, I feel like all all the interactions Dean and Cass get, get are like in comparison to other seasons are more about Sam in these two than oh in yeah the other seasons obviously and but that's also like very interesting in like grand scheme of things i and now I know why this is the way it is because Sarah was focusing on the brothers but like if you look at that in in like in the bigger picture. It's almost like it reads to me like Dean and Cass have a problem talking about stuff in general. So they kind of use Sam as a vehicle for that because of Mm -hmm. everything that happened between them before the gamble era started. (laughs) So that's kind of interesting to build onto that without like that being the goal of these two seasons. But like that's how it is in the end. Yeah. Well, Ooh, I mean, I like without they, I, it even goes to the point of without Sam there, or at least without Dean knowing that Sam is there, Dean and Cass have no interactions. Yeah. Yeah. Cass shows up invisibly at Dean's house, but we don't get to see that until we see the man who would be king yeah and uh yeah yeah i also feel like uh these two seasons were one of the first where sam prayed to Cass, and they had like scenes on, on their own usually yeah yeah um i know like a lot of people are usually uh, and like this is obviously like a running theme that 
cast is only like there as like a tool and just like to be useful and just to solve problems with for the for uh Sam and Dean. And these two seasons kind of revolve around that, I guess. Sometimes he also creates problems. Yeah. But I guess like having these two seasons and everything we we had we talked about uh, about like Cass's main function there being being to like heal Sam and like you know to make sure the brothers are safe and Dean like only ever asking of Cass to help like Sam and if you like compare that to like later seasons and especially when Cass dies uh, in 13th season after Jackie's mm-hmm. born or when I mean at the end after 1518 um, yeah it's uh, it's very clear that like in the, in, in six uh, six and seven Dean wouldn't be able to like function without Sam like he's obsessed with like making Sam better but in later season he does have Sam but he's still a wreck so that's interesting I guess <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah 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 it's almost like he needs more than one codependent relationship to function <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything about that <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have this quote from Sarah from a, uh, an interview from Gizmodo that she said, the only people they can rely on is each other, referring to Sam and Dean, or the show just isn't the show. Which I thought was interesting because she plays with that idea in having Sam be soulless and hunting without Dean in season six, and then in season seven when they have that fight about Amy and they split up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that she has referred to it on a couple occasions as the epic love story of Sam and Dean. Oh, God. Yeah. But she says that's mostly just to tease Eric Kripke, but yeah, that's a thing that I thought was worth it. Yeah, sure. 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 But it's so, like, it's so funny because like it's exactly the opposite. Like they are so much better at hunting and doing everything when they are not together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you like the drama of that, them being like you know constantly fighting and bickering and whatever, like having this brotherly thing, fine. But like objectively, they are a lot better at their jobs when they are not together. <laughs> <laughs> This is very uh, true. yeah. <clears throat> well, I, yeah, and I I'm not. Sh- I think this is actually from the Kripke era, but um, or it could be from some other era entirely. I'm not sure. Um, Dean even says at one point something about like they're each other's weaknesses. Oh yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's Kripke when Sam goes and works at the bar. Yeah. And stuff. I was thinking that. that I think it, I think that's when it is. That's yeah. so interesting. 
because I'm, I'm right now I'm thinking about how when Dean died, Sam didn't bring him back. But like when Sam dies, mm-hmm. because because like Sam is kind of okay with like not having that relationship in his life. Like I'm not saying obviously that he hates his brother or blah 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 blah. Like he doesn't. But but I feel like he is kind of like better adjusted. I mm-hmm. saw this post actually just the other day um, that was pointing out that uh, it was a gif set of. Um, a couple of episodes where Sam was talking about how he was, you know, a lonely kid and, uh, you know, and Dean is just sort of like, but I was there. What are you talking about? And, and it it also made me think of like, I mean, obviously Sam's okay with not having Dean constantly in his life because he went off to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. That's how this whole story starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. it, it, it mostly stems from the fact that Dean was also like a dad to Sam. So like he yep. cannot imagine his life without because that's like okay, like that's his son to like some Well point, and right? it yeah. was his he, Sam was his son since he was four since Dean was four years old. And from the age of four that was his purpose was to be sam's dad and Mm -hmm. mom and sam didn't think of it that way he did it didn't even like like occur to him yeah he only ever saw dean as a brother yeah yeah it's very. But this uh, is a podcast yeah. about Desiel. It is. It is. <laughs> um, so, uh, season six or season seven? Ooh. In terms season of six, Desiel, or in yeah. terms of either, both. I mean, the man who would be king. I mean, the man who would be king. See, see, but I think, I think, like, the born-again identity and, you know, the whole ending of season seven, cursed or not. Yeah. No, but you're just missing the point that Cassie is the character. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even care about Dean. (laughs) And the man who would be king is the episode for the character so how am i gonna say season seven even though like objectively season seven is better structured and thought out than season six right so yeah yeah no it's complicated (laughs) yeah it is and we get so little of Cass in both seasons that yeah it's that's why i'm i just want to like come (laughs) Combine them into one season and we'll get a more normal amount of cast between them. <laughs> but, yeah. I think cast probably is in more episodes than in season six than in seven. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah. I have 
you you know me, I'm terrible at decisions. <laughs> so it's just hard to uh to pick one over the other. Because yeah, we have the coat whole thing, this whole idea that Sa- that Dean has been carrying Cass's coat this whole time between switching cars, running for their life, all of this stuff and he kept it this whole time and we don't see it for 17 episodes. Yeah, just preposterous. This this is so so interesting because this this makes me think that like Season six is like the exposition for Cass's feelings for Dean, and season seven is the exposition of Dean's feelings for Cass. Ooh. Because it's, it's, oh. I mean, the the running theme in season six is just like this longing Cass has for Dean, like it's everywhere in every episode, in like in the background, and exactly the same thing is happening in season seven, but like now we are, it's Dean's point of view, I guess. That's interesting. So they are kind of in a dialogue with each other. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You solved the puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) The two halves make it whole. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Obviously, we all know what Sally's favorite episode is (laughs) in the Gamble era. But but I want to know what your favorite is, Kate. Oh boy, I need to go to IMDb. Do not disappoint me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would definitely be punting the question to also say the man who would be king, but it's definitely up there. Um, Unbuildable. (laughs) What? (laughs) Do you mean Destiel? Because when we did the Kripke era, yeah, we talked let's... about Destiel versus episodes versus episodes we didn't cover. Yeah, let's do both. Okay. Oh, man. So that means you have to come up with an answer, too, Sally. Just one that's... Yeah, I'm just Googling to see what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid. Uh, I will say, I will kind of cheat and do one that we have talked about. Okay. The girl is with the Dungeons the and Dragons tattoo. Oh, yeah. Charlie! Charlie's wonderful. Uh, fuck. Oh, I, I have an answer. Yes. Okay, go for reading, it. Yeah, reading is it. fundamental is one of my top <gasps> 10 episodes of all time. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay, so since I did one that we half talked about, should I do one that we did talk about or that we didn't talk about? Or should I do both? Do both. You can, you can do both. <laughs> I'm still looking at episode lists, so I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see here. I, uh, irritatingly enough, and this might just be because of one scene, I really like Survival of the Fittest. What's the one scene? Cursed or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, insane. Like I said, I would like to get that entire conversation tattooed on my body. <laughs> um. Oh, and I know what the one that we didn't talk about is, too. Oh, go for it. Go for it. The Slice Girls. Yes. Good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. 
I just, the fact that we give Dean a canonical biological daughter. Yeah. And that she could theoretically have come back. Yeah, they go to purgatory. I was really hoping that she would have come back for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought would have been really cool. Um, Okay. The man who would be king besides, because we all love it. (laughs) (laughs) As far as one that we've talked about, it's either between Born Again Identity and The Man Who Knew Too Much. Mm. Because they're both... I love that The Man Who Knew Too Much is very, like, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and having that, like, psychological interior aspect to it is great. One that we didn't talk about that I love very deeply, there's a lot of them, but uh, Time After Time with Kronos. Ah, that was my second choice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, love, I love when Dean gets all in his 1940s suit and he's just being a huge nerd and even though Elliot Ness was a terrible person in real life, it's cool to see him in... Uh, in the show well, and have it be one of Dean's heroes and everything. Also, time after time gives us one of the uh, brief moments of Dean being so loudly bisexual. Yes. Yes, it does. As, as he's about to walk into the building and this guy walks past in uniform and he's just like, <laughs> Yeah. And directly looking at his ass his eyes are going at a weird angle and the camera stays on him doing that for a Uh long time he doesn't look the soldier up and down he is looking at that guy's ass yep it's beautiful yeah and he he like gets it also is one of my favorite examples of dean being like really clever when he um carves sam on the on the wood of the corner of the bedroom and, like, he's figuring out all of this stuff, like, the time travel stuff is just, I love it. I love it. And then, of course, yeah. accidental foreshadowing of Kronos saying, your future is covered yep. in black ooze. Yeah. And then season 15 happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have finally come up with an episode we didn't discuss that I loved, which is Weekend at Bobby's. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I remember watching it then for the first time and just loving it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I wish I wish we had gotten more episodes like that with him yeah. and his life. It was just and then Rufus showing up and it was just great. Yeah. I love Rufus. Yeah. Also we had mentioned it in a previous episode, but Death Store with Bobby deciding to stay behind. And oh, that episode just breaks my heart in a million pieces, and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, also that. What would you say is the Gamble era's biggest positive contribution? Humbling Cass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Like, taking him from his highest point of being as powerful as he can possibly be to not quite season nine when he's human, but just absolutely, yeah, humbling him. Yeah. Kicking his ass into next week. Yeah. I know I'm kind of biased here, but... um... Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Well, and she gets even better in her second episode where they kind of establish this. It's kind of established with the the scene that we discussed um, that, that Dean and Charlie kind of have this camaraderie. Um, that turns into this great friendship but in her second episode like it's just it's yeah we'll talk about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's awesome everybody's day is made better by having charlie around yes uh i'm a basic bitch and i just said world building because that's my jam (laughs) so valid i just i had some other stuff it was also cool to have her as not only a female showrunner but a jewish uh showrunner oh i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that either until i was looking up stuff about her i was like oh that's rad um you don't get to see that very often um so that was cool but then it was also just distressing to have her be such a controversial showrunner um but yeah also like we had talked about with the born again identity having someone from a different perspective as a woman writing those scenes getting to have more of that emotional intelligence yeah that you don't necessarily get to see with other writers but you do get to see with like Ben Edlund, I'm not gonna say that it's like only women know how to be emotionally intelligent, Obviously. but yeah, to yeah. be but to be able to have different perspectives on it is cool. Well, should we go to break? Sure. Let's... Are we back? Are we? We're back. Okay. Uh, and we're back. we're back. Okay. Um so what what is the gamble era's biggest negative contribution <laughs> other I, than I, the fact that Cass isn't there most of the time <laughs> hey I was just going to say the positive contribution is Cass in any era the negative contribution in any era is like not enough Cass <laughs> you're very decoded you're, you're right tonight. and you should say it I mean, I had that as my number one <laughs> listing, but also that they turned Sam and Dean against Cass. It's not just that he's not yes. there, but in season six, he's actively their antagonist to them. Yeah. And, and that was sad. <laughs> another thing I would say would be a negative would be uh, while some may argue that it was necessary and the way it was done was quite beautiful. I still don't like it. The fact that they killed Bobby. Yeah. 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 Hated that. 
I love that they kept him and we got to explore like him as a ghost. Yeah. Like you get to see him from both sides. I thought it was really cool. They did it really well, but Ben Edlund owes me money along with <laughs> all the other tabs that are getting run up for emotional damages because ouch. <laughs> Just... Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I had some quotes. Uh, oh, I think I just saved the one. Hold on. Oh, I think I just have the one from Misha, but she also talked about Jim Beaver for Bobby. Um, she said, we love Misha. We love and adore the character of Castiel. His character developed to this extent and went in this unexpected direction because we were so inspired by him. Not being on our set and trying to keep him away. Yeah. Yeah. And then she also said something along the lines of, we love Jim Beaver. We always love getting to work with him, but it was like this really kind of like, okay, but then why? <laughs> why yeah. did you kill him? him? Yeah. She had mentioned about you can't, like how we talked about how they rely on cast to be able to do stuff. It's just like, you can't make it too easy. And that was Kripke's concern too. Like if you have angels, they're too yeah. powerful, all this stuff. But it's just like, yeah, just the way that things got jerked around with Misha. Obviously then, we're all bothered by like, it. They never really explain like why Cass loses his powers or like how much, how how much of it he has left and why does it like fluctuate back and forth? Like that's never ex explained. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one I, of my biggest. Yeah. yeah. I agree on, on Bobby's death. I, I've, I don't know. Like, was it necessary? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, judging by the fact that I didn't even remember that Bobby was supposed to die in that episode, I would say that there wasn't a necessary death. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> nothing was building towards that. I just feel like they needed um, to have like Dean to make him like more vulnerable and like helpless and like not having Bobby would have done that, did that, I mm -hmm. guess. That was the yeah. goal. I don't know what they were yeah. thinking, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was like for shock value or if Jim Beaver wanted to work on other projects or what the reason was for that. I couldn't find anything about it, but I yeah. was also mostly focusing on her and Misha. Cause I was trying to figure out like, what is the deal? <laughs> like, does she personally have a problem with Misha? Does Misha have a problem with her? Like why was all their weird, all this weirdness around the set and stuff? There is, I couldn't there is... find anything about that. There is this quote, this thing Misha said about like him being there, like for the, you know, like when they have premieres for first ever episodes and, and like for Lazarus Rising. And I think if I remember that right, it's, it was Sarah who was like, yeah, look at this, your life's gonna change forever now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird that she was the one who said that and then like treated him like that like this. I don't know. Well it's and just... she was the one yeah. who fought for angels in the first place. Yeah. She yeah she was She's the one who probably Kripke. Sus the L girl that's that's that <laughs> explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh if you look God. at these two seasons, that could explain it. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. She does write <laughs> erotic fiction, I found out. So, 
She does. She does. At least according to a couple of interviews that were older interviews. I think they were before she was the showrunner. Um, but yes, it's listed on the Supernatural Wiki, and I found a couple of interviews about it. This is not as bad as me finding out Richard Sicken is a Wincest shipper. Oh, no. <laughs> Do we want to cut this out? You said that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it. Richard himself said that in an interview. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's but, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. While we're talking about quotes, I have one that I didn't really have a place for, but might you guys might find interesting. Um, she said, and now I can't, I didn't note where this was from other than it was listed on the Supernatural Wiki, but she said, quote, I think that somewhere inside, I'm a chick, and I've got my inner goth girl and my inner gay guy, and then I have this beer-swilling, cow boot wearing, cowboy boot-wearing guy all the way underneath that, and he gets to come out to write Dean. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> she does contain multitudes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I do. I was just like, okay, what the fuck? If you have an inner gay guy, why didn't you let him out too? <laughs> I am telling you, this is the social agenda. You mean that hundred percent? That's like that's like. Yeah, have you ever met a a guy? They seem to typically be gay. Um, who who <laughs> has this quote unquote inner black woman? Oh no, yeah. yeah That's uh, what that reminds me even of. Even I have met people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely get that, yeah. Oh no, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just, I don't, I think that's an older quote, so I'm going to try not to hold her to shit she said several years ago, but I'm just like, what do we do with that? I don't know. It's, but, like, the interesting thing is that, like, she says that, and then, like, I feel like Jensen's main complaint about complaint about these seasons, and especially the scene where, where, where Dean gives Cassie's coat back, was that it was, like, too feminine, and if I remember this right, like I'm saying it on top of my uh, from my top of my, my head, but like he was like Sarah, the way she writes, it's you know like very womanly or like not manly enough for this show or something like that. And yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. There was the quote from one of the cons, yeah, in 2012, where he's like, "She's a great writer, but she's a girl, so it makes things emotional." I'm like. Ew. <laughs> yeah, on. I think there was there was I, I I think I know another one of I mean heard another of, of another instance of him saying that because I, I remember it was worded differently. So maybe yeah. he just went on and on complaining about I that. Guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. 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 So there's that. Um can I Which, continue to be oh go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I 
came up with another question. Um, <laughs> uh, which Dean version of Dean do you think would have been most understanding to Crazy Cass? Listen, I have a loophole here. I have <laughs> regarding Dean Dean will always be the most understanding Ooh. Dean. Okay. You're right, you're right. You have a point. You are very correct. Thank you. Oh damn. <laughs> you were on top of that. I love it. Yeah. Um Yeah. I'd say either that or season fifteen Dean. Yeah. He's who's like been through so much shit. He's a lot more patient, at least from what I remember, but it's been a while. Inverse cast and crazy cast would be buddies. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. The amount of hallucinogenic drugs between the two of them. <laughs> It'd be great. Wanna show just of that, yeah. please. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna ask because like these episodes have a lot of Meg and Meg typically is paired with cats sometimes. <laughs> and I almost 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 like went there and I asked like if we had to choose one woman for a cast, which who is gonna be? But I was like, this sounds stupid because I could never see cast with a woman. So a bored question. <laughs> you can still answer if you like, but I'm not gonna answer this because it's stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, it's Meg, right? Like, I yeah. do, I do love season eight, Meg and Cass together. Um, not as much as Destiel, obviously, because we're here, but they're, they're weird, awkward, friendly slash romantic chemistry. I just think it's fun yeah. to watch. And to watch Dean, like, watch his skin crawl about it is also funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I would even choose Meg over Hannah. Uh, just because I think it's more interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I love Hannah, but and I, I, I mean, I love Meg and I love Cass, but I strictly love them as like pals. I, I think they are just like a riot. I love seeing them together, but I never like it's never romantic in my head. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what I love about Hannah is kind of like the way I see it. Hannah is absolutely in love with Cass, and that like oh, she, yeah. I mean, she is pining after him while Cass is pining after Dean, and it's this like you know, <laughs> this whole thing together. It's very, very interesting to me personally. Very entertaining. Very sad. <laughs> it is very sad. Um, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, that's true. The pining, the pining definitely does add to it. Yeah, and I feel like Cass is in a very unique situation there, where he obviously cannot control Hannah's feelings, and while at the same time absolutely, totally understanding what she is feeling because he's also feeling that for Dean, 
and he's like so gentle to let her in letting her down and like saying like i can't do this like i don't know it just like really gets me um yeah yeah <laughs> no, that's true <laughs> but then there was also somebody had made a gift set of when Cass looks at Hannah in her female vessel versus when Cass looks at Hannah in her male vessel. Yes. <laughs> and it's very different. <laughs> I'm just like, yay. I don't know. Uh, yeah, shout out to that one uh, fan vid I saw on Tumblr. I don't know who made it, but it was like basically Hannah and Cass's scene set to uh, my boyfriend is gay. <laughs> 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 it, is, it is the, mo- the most hilarious thing I have seen. We will include the link in the description of this uh, episode so you can all enjoy it. Please uh, do. Yeah. I need to see it. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, gamble era, man. Gamble era. You sure it's not the worst? <laughs> <laughs> The worst era is the era I haven't seen, still, from season one to season four, because there is no cast. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, but there's so many things with Dean and John, and I know you're not as I mean, I, 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 but there's, I but there's know. stuff. Yeah, I, I know a lot happens, and I, I think I basically know everything that happens in those three seasons without having seen them. I mean, probably. Yeah. But there's still point. Some, there's some yeah. fun stuff. Um, well, speaking of awesome people on Tumblr uh, making great things, I found... <laughs> hold on, let me bring up the link so that I can credit the person. Um, from Tumblr user Fogs Rolling In, huge shout out to you for making a statistical analysis of the hugs in Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> and by a fair margin Sarah Gamble has the fewest average number of hugs in her era than anybody else this is how this we is know average so it's not like it's just because she has two seasons no this is average over everybody so yeah she does have a shorter run but let me see. Uh, total hugs. Hold on. <laughs> this the font is very small, so I have to like zoom in. Um, season. I think this is by who initiates the hugs. <laughs> season six. Dean initiates four hugs. Sam initiates three hugs. Season seven. Uh, Four hugs from Dean again, and two hugs from Sam, and one hug initiated by Cass. <laughs> uh, and they just break, and I think they have a link to this on their uh, page. So if you're on Tumblr, go give them appreciation for this. They also made uh, breakdown pie charts of who hugged who. <laughs> <laughs> and who hugged Science. Cass throughout the series dean hugs cast the most <laughs> dean gives the majority of hugs <laughs> to people in this Aww. um but yeah so show showrunner seasonal average of hugs eric kripke had 8.2 sarah gamble had five jeremy carver had 12.25 <laughs> <laughs> 
And Deb had 13.75. Nice. Average hugs. Everybody Um, hugs Jack. That's why. (laughs) It's true. They don't have have a pie chart for Jack just yet. Because this might have been before. Oh, no. This came. uh, This was pretty recent. Uh, But it mostly just focuses on. Uh, the the main three of them but there's like little tiny details of like how they measured and what counted as what and all this that's hilarious so it's amazing go go check out fogs rolling in um but yeah i would definitely say that's a strike against sarah for having fewer hugs yeah uh yes yeah Definitely, there is no gay guy in her. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, there's so many guys who need hugs. Please give them hugs, especially Cass. Uh, oh. Yeah. So it's just amazing. So go check that out. Yeah. Oh. Is this the only season Dean and Cass don't hug? Like one on one thing? Because, like, there's this group hug they share. I thought there was one in season six, like when Cass does finally show up with Dean. Hmm, right, yeah. I thought there was one at some point, but very infrequently, per per the data. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember now what scene that would have been. Oh, I have... This just reminded me, I have a question. Um, out of these two uh, seasons, which is your favorite Destiel scene? Oh, shit. We know the answer for me. <laughs> I want it tattooed on my body, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh... <laughs> uh... I, I'm thinking of sur- surprising you guys. I don't know. I'm just Ooh. still undecided <laughs> over here. That's okay. But yeah, you can say multiple. Uh. <sighs> don't die. Um, the <laughs> sorry habit. <laughs> um. There's so many good ones, but the one that I keep coming back to, just because it's raw as fuck, is Hester saying the very touch of you corrupts. Ooh. Even though it's not a Destiel scene between the two of them. It's a Destiel scene. It's a Destiel scene, and it makes it even more, like, real when other people comment on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously we know it's real just watching... Dean and Cass together, but when you have lines like that shouted in Dean's face by a righteously furious angel just really sells it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah, they are big, like these big conversations they are supposed to have alone always happens in group. Like yeah. in this one, and then later on when when Hannah is telling Cass to kill Dean just to prove himself to heaven. And mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah. yeah, 
can you see yeah. now that's allowed for one guy uh, I yeah. think my obviously like I love <laughs> the man who would be king and then before like <laughs> where were I was here where were you like that always yeah yeah uh, for sure it's me but I f- just hate Jen Snackle so much <laughs> my favorite scene <laughs> was probably when um when they do this ritual and Cass dies and he's not breathing and him, oh, yeah. Dean and Bobby are there and checking um, if he's alive or not and then when Dean is like yeah maybe angels don't need to breathe like oh, this God. gets me yeah oh it hurts yep yep Ugh. that's a good, good oh, choice oh man do we have anything else for this uh, gamble era before we close the door and Forever. say goodbye, bitch? <laughs> Good speed. <laughs> oh, uh, not really. No, I have some stuff, but it's less Destiel related. Okay. Um. Well, then... <laughs> Next episode, we get to start on season gray. (laughs) Um, We're going to do 801. We need to talk about Kevin. 802. What's up, Tiger Mommy? And 805. Blood Brother. And for the record, guys, we are going to talk about Dean Benny because it's... How can we not talk about Dean Benny? Love triangles? are still love related (laughs) (laughs) just laying that groundwork for by dean making the case it's gonna be a great time i'm so excited um (laughs) yes hit your mic yes kate i I will that's good podcasting etiquette (laughs) i'm a professional Anyway, <laughs> um, in the meantime, this has been Heller Radio. I'm Nora Rose. I am Sally. And I'm Kate. Our sound editing is by Josh. Music by Kalua. Give them hell, Hellers. Let me cry